This episode is sponsored by ByHeart. And I feel like I need to preface what I'm going to say with this. I'm a huge advocate of breastfeeding. Anyone who knows me well knows that nursing is something I believe in. And all five of our biological children were breastfed until they were 19 to 23 months old. However, we also have fostered and adopted, and I've been so grateful for formula companies in those situations. I'm also grateful for formula companies because our last two biological children, I really struggled with my supply and did all the things, spent so much time and effort, and just was never able to produce enough for them to be able to gain weight and not be hungry. And so I was so grateful for companies like Byheart. Byheart is an infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Their mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, Byheart created a clinically proven, easy to digest infant formula that's made with organic, grass-fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. They're made with certified clean ingredients. It has no soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast with code crystal for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. So go to byheart.com forward slash podcast and use crystal to get your welcome offer. Welcome to the Crystal Pain Show, where we help you embrace your life right where you are and give you practical steps to get to where you want to go. Whether you are in your car, folding laundry, cooking, cleaning, or maybe even just enjoying a cup of coffee and a few minutes of quiet, we're so glad you're joining us today. Here's your host, wife, mother of four, foster mom, entrepreneur, and author, Crystal Payne. Welcome to another episode of The Crystal Pain Show. Today's topic is when your prayers aren't answered. And this is just something that's been on our hearts to share. It's kind of a story that God is currently writing and just some things that we've learned when a decade, over a decade of prayers not being answered and yet looking back and seeing that God was answering but not in the way that we thought that we expected them to be answered. Is that accurate, Jesse? That is accurate. We'll talk more about that. But first, I was wondering, Jesse, you you just talked a little bit. Um, Can anyone tell a difference in his voice? Does he sound a little bit more mature, a little bit older? (laughs) I was like, where where are you going with this? Maybe just... A a little wiser. Maybe a little wiser, a little more rounds around the sun, I guess. Is that what you're getting at? Yes. I'm older. Is that what you're saying? Currently, two entire years older than me. (laughs) Because he is 41 now. He had a birthday since we've last done a podcast episode together. And I am still only 39. I mean, we are not going to talk about the fact that I'm going to be 40 really soon. But so right now, we are two years apart and two. Two different decades. Yes. I mean, <laughs> robbing the cradle. But I I hope that you had a really wonderful birthday. We kind of stretched it out over the course of yeah. Yeah, we did. It was a fun. whole weekend. We, You and I got to go and see a movie. We went out to dinner. Mm-hmm. We went out to dinner again. I, I think we like food. 
I think we we addressed that in the previous podcast. Yeah. (laughs) And so, yes, it was, it was a lot of fun. And, um, oh, and you got two birthday cakes plus two tubs of ice cream. I know the kids went out to the store and surprised us when we came home and they said, Hey, we just decided to get some cake. Yes. Well, I think there was maybe some ulterior motive for them. They wanted to eat it. I just discovered in the last month that teens love cake. I don't know. For some reason, I just, sugar. Well, yeah, sugar, but I guess it's like, like we're talking like a boxed cake mix with thick frosting. And when it was because we went out of town for, was it Labor Day? I had to think, was it Memorial Day or Labor Day? It was Labor Day. Labor mm-hmm. Day is in September, right? I always get those two mixed up. But so we left the girls home and they had some of their friends over and they, we had, um, when I'd left, there was a cake. And when I got home, like an entire cake, whole big cake. And when I got home, there was, there were maybe two pieces left and we were only gone for less than two days. And this was a nine by 13 pan, right? Yes. A big nine by 13 pan, full cake. And I asked the girls, I was like, what? They're like, oh, when our friends came over, they were so excited about the cake. They ate multiple pieces. And I was like, you guys like cake? And they're like, mom. It's cake. We love cake. We all just sat around the table and just ate pieces out of the pan. And I was like, <laughs> okay. So from now on, I'm like, we are just making a lot of cake because yes, teens so. just love it. So, yes. So Jesse's older. That's the big news to report. And also, you finished more than one book i think since we last did a podcast doing a lot of driving so i finished one that was a green beret uh, that is running for the u.s senate uh, in pennsylvania he had a book out that basically was kind of a, a recounting of some of the events that he went through over in afghanistan which was actually really interesting to listen to in light of all the events that have been going mm-hmm. on over there and even and this his book is a couple years old, but I kept thinking in the back of my mind as I, I was listening to it, wonder what the status of this person is that was in that story or what happened to them or what is happening to them at mm-hmm. this point. So and and he was using different acronyms and things that are being bantered about in the news uh, over the last uh, few weeks. So that was really interesting. And then the second book I finished up was called uh, The President's Daughter, and that was the second book in. And, and it's actually not in a series because the characters are not the same. Um, oh, they aren't. They're not. So, like, not at all. No, it's not the same president. It's a different. It's president. a different president. Yes. Oh wow. So okay. you. So they're uh, totally uh, independent of each other. Oh okay. Um, but it is a, another fiction book that is uh, co-written by James Patterson and Bill mm-hmm. Clinton. And so. we had both listened to "The President Is Missing," and we've talked about mm-hmm. that on previous episodes. So. You got this off of Libby and Correct. listened to it, and now it's in my queue to listen to. Although I think you I better have, hurry up because you have much days, time left. Two days left, and I think it's a twelve-hour book, yeah. so I might have to renew the um, hold on it. But anyway, tell us about it. So this particular book, the president is a former special ops guy, and. Because of that, has created some enemies and um, ends up leaving office and 
when he leaves office, some things happen to his family um, that were related to previous work. And um, so that's the the main plot behind the book. And the thing that we we really enjoyed the other book, and and it has multiple. I'm assuming this one has multiple narrators as well. Yes, it does. Which makes it just much more. It interesting. does. There's no nobody that I recognized narrating the book. Okay. Um, but the one thing that you and I didn't like was that at the end of the book, it felt like there was almost an hour that was, it got very political right. and it was kind of agenda driven. There was not that in this book. Okay. This book was pretty well done. And this one was the second one. I'm not in a series, but I'm saying like they, they wrote this after writing the yes. president is missing. Yes. Correct. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm excited. I'm excited to listen to it. I finished a book by Charles Martin. I have been listening to a lot of his books recently. At the beginning of the year, I ask on my blog, moneysavingmom.com, for book recommendations, especially for fiction. I really enjoy fiction, but I struggle to find fiction to read or listen to just because I'm very picky. I don't like fluffy fiction. I don't like stuff that kind of gets where it's just raunchy. I don't like it when it has a bunch of language. And so it's hard to find well-written, well-crafted fiction that has depth and character development that is also not kind of stuff that I don't really want to be filling my mind with. And um, so Charles Martin was an author that a lot of people recommended. And I, I think this is my fourth book of his to listen to in the last few months. And I do really enjoy his writing. Some of it, I would say, is a little bit, I mean, all fiction is kind of the thing where some unbelievable like that could never happen kind of thing. But I like how he deals with subjects. It's it's not expressly Christian, although he is very, he is a Christian, but he does it in a way. So it's, it's kind of like allegorical in a sense. Um, the last one that I listened to was basically the story of the prodigal son and kind of in a very modern day thing. And this one that I just finished, it was a life intercepted. And it was about this football player that was kind of on his rise to fame and just all these hopes and aspirations for him because he had done so well in high school. And then um, he got basically set up for something that he ended up landing in prison for, for 12 years. And it's the story of just walking through that and um, it's a story of redemption. It's a story of, you know, how jealousy and pride can cause people to do things that are um, really, really destructive. It's a story, I would say, of forgiveness. I actually kept thinking of Joseph in the Bible. And and I thought at the very end he was going to say, I kind of wrote this to pictify a modern day version of Joseph. Mm-hmm. Um but he never said that. So I don't know if that he had that in mind, but the story just kind of reminded me of that kind of him being, you know, with Potiphar's wife and falsely accused and then landing in prison. And then he ends up getting raised up at the very end, but after a lot of stuff that didn't make sense and all that. So I thought it was well-written. I, I would have loved for there to maybe be a little bit more obvious takeaways. I guess when I like depth, I like there to be like, the last one that I had listened to, 
the actual book until I understood that he was taught. It was like the story of the prodigal son, modern day. It wasn't as meaningful, but then at the very end, he kind of wrapped it all together. And he was talking about only Jesus gets to tell you who you are. And he had this kind of really powerful message at the end that kind Mm -hmm. of brought to light all these parts of the story and just made it really, really impactful. And so um, I didn't feel that so much with this one, but I enjoyed the story overall more than I did the last one. So anyway, that was called A Life Intercepted. If you like football, if you are looking for good fiction, if you like stuff that is not just like a hallmarky sort of fiction, um, <laughs> then you might really enjoy Charles Martin. And if you have listened to or read any of his books, I'd love to hear from you because he's got quite a few more and I have them all in my list, which ones you would recommend that I have to for sure listen to or read. Jesse, you have something that's saving your life. Actually, our whole family's life. Maybe. Maybe. We'll, we'll see how it works. You know, and I realize this one is involving water. You, you seem to have a theme of water. Why? With, with what you bring, like this saving your life. It's like your water well, cups. Like water, life, you know, life-giving water, you know. You have never done toilet water, though. No, but not toilet water. <laughs> that's what I'm bringing today. So, apparently... Maybe I should tell the story first. And then I, I'll let I you do t- think that you need to tell the story because I, I've thought about it over and over and I have absolutely no clue how this happened. I think it's harder to tell on a podcast because it's you need the visual aids for this. But so I was trying to fix the toilet because the toilet on the main floor had been just kind of running. You know how when you flush it and it makes that like water running noise uh-huh. kind of thing, like it's in the tank, water's running, and then it usually goes off after a minute or two. Well, it wasn't when it fills the tank. Yes, mm-hmm. it wasn't going off, and okay. and it had I'd kind of jiggled the handle, hadn't fixed it, so I about an hour later I went back in there and I was holding a baby on my hip, and I went to pick up the back of the toilet tank, which is just the back top, the, to- the lid, the, the lid of the back toilet tank. Okay. Okay. This is why I need visuals because I'm not very good at knowing even what it's called. You were opening the toilet tank. I was opening the toilet tank. So it's got this heavy ceramic because that was made out of heavy ceramic lid. I'm pulling that up. I've done this with one hand while I'm holding a baby on the hip. Do not recommend that. Somehow, some way in the process of picking it up with one hand, I dropped the entire thing down into the water in the back of the toilet. Like, I don't even know how it fit in there, but it did. It, it jammed in there. Yes, it was sideways. It was sideways, but it jammed in there really loud. And, but you know, it's ceramic and I, I, I've dropped those on the floor before. Like I apparently, I did not know this. Yes. Okay. I have fixed a lot of toilets in my, like growing up, I was the toilet fixer. Like I would just, if the toilet was messed up, I'd go fix it. And so anyway, I've done this so many times, but somehow dropped the lid into the toilet tank and it busted out a large piece of the side of the toilet tank. Like probably I would say size is relative. Okay. Well, uh, a two inch piece. Is that an accurate statement? I think it's two and in- it would yeah, be two, two, inches. two inches. And so then there's this huge hole in the side of the toilet tank. That's just gushing out. So the ceramic, it busted out the ceramic. So there's this big hole and all the water gushed out. So we had to go get towels and turn off the water to the toilet and realize that my um, haste makes waste. Um, 
there's probably a pun there that's not good. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I should have put the child down and I should have gone in there and done it with two hands because I broke the toilet. Okay, there you go. So I went to Home Depot and got some Flex Seal glue. It's not Flex Seal tape like on the infomercials. But they have a a kind of a waterproof glue that they sell. And so I bought that to glue the two porcelain pieces together and to fix the tank. So that way we didn't have to just replace the whole tank or toilet. Um, So we're going to see if that works. Yeah. You know what? I just realized, I think there are commercials for this thing that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. I think it's the guy that's like this giant that he goes through the, the town. This is a commercial and he's like taking the goop and like fixing the holes and the different things. And oh, stuff. really? I haven't seen that. Yes. I, Cause it's, you were talking about the flex tape. I'm, I'm pretty positive. I'll have to look, but yeah. And I mean, according to this commercial, but we know that mm-hmm. that's not it's supposed to create a waterproof seal that it can be used in the tank. It can be used for anything touching water and it, it kind of creates that barrier so that it won't go through. Um, but the piece I think the reason that it broke is because it hit the corner mm-hmm. of the the tub or of the tank. So it's a little piece coming out of the far right corner. And the piece that is of the outside of the tank is larger than the piece that is in the corner. It's actually not a very big piece out of the corner that's missing. Um, so nothing shattered as far as it, it didn't break into multiple pieces. It's just one piece and it just fits perfectly like a puzzle piece in there. That's why I thought that this might be an option to fix it. So just put some glue around the um, little porcelain piece, shoved it in there, and then, and then as per directions, wiped the excess off and uh, put some duct tape over it to cure it. So how long did it say it has to cure for? I don't remember. So a okay. number of hours. Well, we will a number of hours. That could be mm-hmm. a lot of different things, but could be one, could be forty eight. I know. I mean, I, I would say I would say we go for longer rather than shorter, just to play it safe. Yeah, that's fine with me. So, we will have to keep you updated on our toilet tank situation. But word to the wise: don't do <laughs> things one handed if you're trying to fix a toilet. Don't drop a toilet lid into the toilet. Don't tank. do that either. Well, what's saving my life this week? It's actually been saving my life for a very long time, but I was just changing, <laughs> changing uh, baby D and thinking of how much the two-way zipper onesies have been a lifesaver to us. Um, most of you know that he has a G-tube and he's fed um, only through the G-tube. Basically, he's learning how to swallow in um, his feeding therapy, but it's going to be quite a while before he's eating everything orally. So he has um, five feeds a day through his G-tube. And um, we actually just keep his um, extension in now. So he has the cord in at all times because he recently got a new extension that is really hard to actually place in there and keep in there. So we just have to tape it all up and then keep it in all day. Um, So he needs to have clothes that we can access this cord from and that it can access his belly and that he won't pull on them and pull it out. And um, that's the key because he loves, loves to pull on his um, extension that's taped to his belly and he can then pull it out. And um, so we have found that the sleepers or the onesies that have the two-way zippers are the best thing for him because we can actually then just zip up a little portion at the bottom 
and then keep the rest thing zipped. And then it, it can just, the tube can stick out of there Mm -hmm. and then we can zip it down. So then it's like, basically it's much harder for him to get all the way down to his toe and get it when it's zipped in there. And then once the feed is over with, we can disconnect it and then just stick it um, back in the onesie, the stick the tube back in the onesie, the the little section that he wears all the time and then zip it back up. And so it's just much easier. Um, if he has a, an outfit that's like shorts and a shirt, it's just, you know, it's right there exposed coming out of his shirt part. Um, there's just, he needs to have things kind of snapped down as far as possible. As far down the leg as possible. And there's just a lot of outfits that aren't really conducive um, for that. And so we're just, we found that those sleepers are really fantastic. And um, we do have a few other options, but the the um, two-way zippered sleepers have been one of our very favorite things um, for him. So that's something that probably for the majority of you, you it's not a tip you're ever <laughs> going to need. But if you know someone who has a child with a G-tube or you ever end up um, having a child with a G-tube, keep that in mind because it's been a lifesaver for us. All right, Jesse, I told you that I have an email that I've been very excited to read to you. This came in actually August 31st. So it was over two weeks ago and I have been sitting on it. I wanted to read it to you as soon as it came in. Oh, someone's trying to get our attention. Uh, Okay. This is from Kristen and she said, I listened to your podcast episode today. And after I heard you read my email on the episode, because she had written in um, recently and talked about how she always listens to our podcast on two times speed. Okay. And so she said, I went back and tried listening to you guys on one times because she never, she's never listened to us on one time before. She's only listened on two times. She said, I'm so used to hearing you guys at double time. It sounded like you were speaking in slow-mo. And I realized that while I've heard you talk at one times, like the normal um, on Instagram stories, I've never heard Jesse at one time. So it was a very weird experience. I'm sure. She she said, I've happily reverted back to my usual two times. Uh, Wait a minute. (laughs) She said, How am I supposed to take that? She said, Just so you know, it's not just you guys. I listen to every podcast except one on double time. So now I need to know which is the one that she's listening to on. Does she listen to it on triple time? Well, I think she's not. I think she's listening to it slower than that. So maybe it's someone who talks really, 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 really fast, and she can't listen to them. Blah blah blah. I can't do it. Okay. Again, anyway, uh, as per my previous recommendation, listen to it in half time. <sighs> so there you go, Jesse. People do not know what you sound like in one times because they're so used to listening to you uh-huh. sped up. So if they ever meet us in person, they're going to okay. think, "What is their problem? They're just talking <laughs> so, so slowly." You don't sound like a chipmunk. All right. So let's talk about when your prayers aren't answered. And I think in our Christian culture, when we talk about answered prayers, we always think of yes as being the answer. Like that's an answer to prayer. And so when you say our prayers aren't answered, like my prayers are not being answered, I'm praying and it's not being answered. We're saying, in essence, it's because the answer wasn't yes. Correct. But there are lots of other answers besides yes. And I think that that's important to realize. And this is something that we've really learned, um, especially, I would say, in the last 10 years. Most of you know that um, we had three kids in four and a half years. And then 
We never used any sort of birth control and we were not able to conceive. And it was, um, sorry, <laughs> I hear baby D in the background. He's like growling. He like, he's trying to learn how to talk right now. So it's all sorts of interesting sounds. He's trying to get our attention anyway. So it was 10 years of negative pregnancy test, 10 years of secondary infertility, 10 years of waiting, hoping, praying, wishing, longing, crying, and grieving. And during that time frame, it felt like our prayers aren't being answered. Mm-hmm. Why, God? Like, why are you not answering our prayers? We went into marriage. Jesse, how many kids did I tell you that we wanted to have? Twelve. Maybe that was I wanted to have, you and, to have and you were like, okay. And I'm sure that it was more like 14 at one point before we were married, but anyway. But so we we had every in, you know vision of we were going to have this really large family and um you know we have these three children and they're getting older and our biological clocks are ticking. And our heart was just we wanted to have more kids and God wasn't answering that prayer with yes. And yet we can look back on that decade and we see that God didn't give us what we thought was best because he had something better in mind. And I think about so many opportunities that we had during that decade. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think of our trips to South Africa. I think of getting involved in the work there. Mm -hmm. That would have never happened right? because we wouldn't have had the bandwidth to do that. I think of um, different books that I wrote. I think of different, you know, traveling that we did as a family, different ministry opportunities that we were involved in. And I also think of, for sure, stepping into foster care. Mm-hmm. We definitely would not have had our hearts just open to that if we'd had this whole house full of kids. And so many things that opportunities and just things that God put in our path that we were able to say yes to because he wasn't answering our prayers that we were hoping and our heart's desire with the yes that we were hoping for. And I think, Jesse, we can both look back over those 10 years of waiting and just really see how God changed our hearts in big ways. And he taught us so many lessons on faith and resting in him and contentment and just opening up our hearts to stepping into things that were scary and hard and, you know, that just took us way outside of our comfort zone. But I really firmly believe that had God given us what we wanted when we wanted it, and we'd not gone through those 10 years of waiting, there are two little boys who are such a huge part of our life who would not be in our life. And those little boys have profoundly changed our family forever. And I posted this picture on Instagram with the three babies sitting on our lap. It was shortly after baby D had um, come to our home and we had started fostering him. And just looking at that picture and thinking, you know, we thought that we had it kind of all mapped out what our life was going to look like, but God had a completely different plan for us. And yet it was so much better. And to see that picture and to get to see 10 years of unanswered, what felt like unanswered prayer. And yet God was answering our prayers just in a completely different way. 
And so I wrote this on Instagram and I just want to close with reading this that I just hope that it encourages someone today who needs this reminder. I don't know what you're going through right now. I don't know what you are waiting for or hoping for. I don't know where it feels like life isn't panning out like you dreamed or hoped. I don't know what prayers you are praying or grief you are experiencing. But I do know this. Your story isn't over. God is still writing paragraphs and chapters that you can't see. Hold on. Keep trusting Him. The ending might look a lot different than you envisioned, but it will be a better story than you could have ever dreamed or imagined yourself. And I think it's perfect that right now we're hearing the noises of baby D in the background because it's like this little boy has brought so much joy and changed our hearts so much and just opened up our eyes to the world of, you know, families who are caring for children with special needs and what they're walking through and um, what it's like to have a child with medical complexities and just how we can be more empathetic and compassionate and walk with and love on people who are in similar situations. And it also reminded me, um, so we have gotten the gift of being able to babysit for Champ a lot. And for those of you who might not have been around here for a while, um, we foster a sweet little boy. We call him Champ. Last year, we brought him home from the NICU when he was just teeny tiny. Um, and he was with us for eight months. And then he reunified with his mom. And he is just thriving. And she's thriving. And we are just so grateful. And thankful that she has made the really selfless choice to um, allow us to continue to be involved in his life. And on, this is real life here, Jesse's running upstairs because Kirsten just woke up from her nap and baby G is making too many noises. So I'm going to finish out the podcast without him. But recently as um, we were babysitting for Champ, we oftentimes get to see him one or two days a week while his mom is working. We take care of him. And I posted this on Instagram as well. He and Kirsten were walking around the ball field and they were holding hands. And I just looked at that picture of the two of them just right in front of me holding hands. And I thought back to over nine months ago when we said goodbye to him. And I wrote this on Instagram that I also just want to read to you just to encourage you that you never know what God is up to. Over nine months ago, he went back to live with his mama full-time after we fostered him for eight months. We were so thrilled for him and his mama, but we were devastated for our loss. He was every bit just like our son, and the pain of saying goodbye almost felt unbearable. How do we go on with this gaping hole in our home and hearts? I struggled to trust in God's goodness and faithfulness. I worried for his future. I wondered if we'd ever see him again. It was especially hard to watch our kids process the deep grief and loss of his daily presence in our lives. Through the grieving, I reminded myself of two things. One, God loves this little boy even more than I do, and I can trust him to take care of him even better than I ever could. And two, my circumstances do not change God's character. I repeated these two things over and over and over again. I clung to these truths. Over nine months have passed, and he is thriving, his mama is thriving, and she has graciously and selflessly chosen to continue to involve us in his life, and we often get to spend one or two days a week with him. 
I see how God's plan was so much better than my plans and hopes. This sweet boy gets to live with and be loved by his biological family, and he also gets to be loved by us. I constantly tell him, you have so many people who love you. I don't know what the future holds for him and for us. I have hopes and dreams that we'll be able to continue to be involved in his life. But right now, I am seeking to focus on the gifts of today. And when I see him toddling around our house, when he runs to me with a big grin and wraps his arms around me, when I watch him hugging Kirsten and walking around holding hands with her, I'm reminded that I can trust God's faithfulness. Nine months ago, I could have never imagined this. All I could see was what I was losing, how much it hurt, and how sad my heart was. But God saw the future, and He knew that it was going to turn out to be so much more beautiful than I could have ever dreamed, planned, thought of, or imagined. Thank you for joining us today. For more great resources, please visit crystalpain.com. 